Hey guys, and welcome back to another series of the boring shit you need to know in business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'm excited because this series, there's going to be more topics, more conversation, and some amazing business owners to share this time with. So let's jump in. Thanks for stopping by for this episode of the boring shit you need to know in business. This week, I wanted to take a moment on the back of some email correspondence I had with a client recently to explore just what it takes when setting up a coaching call with a client. And I know this isn't the first time this sort of thing has been questioned or even raised in various different forums and for different service-based business owners. So I wanted to break it down and make it very clear as to what it really takes to be ready for that Zoom session with a client. I mentioned some recent email correspondence with a client and this isn't the first time, but it felt really heavy and horrible and I hate going through it. And in all honesty, I shouldn't have had to, nor should anyone else in the service-based industry for that fact. To put this all into context, let me set the scene, not just with this client, but in general. General practice for me is to offer anyone and everyone a free, no obligation, 30-minute discovery call or chat about their business, its needs, and what they're looking to get out of working with me. And if I'm being honest, this chat can go anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour. But I find that it is crucial to the start of any relationship because we don't know each other necessarily, especially not from a working relationship perspective. And therefore, it's just as much a moment for me to understand their journey and their needs as it is for them to be comfortable with me. So I would never imagine eliminating this time from my process. It is so important. From the discovery call, depending on the outcome of the chat, I would spend some time putting together a plan or proposal to address the issues they have come to me about and would like to overcome or develop further or create whatever the desired outcome for them actually is. This plan is then presented to them for them to review, decide, and then let me know if they'd like to go through with it as it is outlined or make the necessary changes. This part of the process sees me spending time reviewing the discovery call, selecting the key elements of that discussion, devising the plan, and thinking about the most appropriate strategy that will see the client get exactly what they needed from this journey. As for how long this can take, sometimes it varies, but there is no less than two hours spent on putting this all together on average. At this point, sometimes it's rejected, and they aren't ready to go ahead. Sometimes I don't hear back from them at all, and that's fine. I'm not for everyone. But those that are ready to proceed, it then means going back and forth and communicating an appropriate start date, and then me pulling together the contract that outlines the obligations of each party, including the plan in its specifics and how it's going to be delivered, and that would be included in that contract. This then needs to be signed and sent back prior to commencement of any sessions or the project itself. And believe me, just like the discovery call, this contract is to protect both myself and the client. I always put my money where my mouth is. 
and therefore ensure that the client receives exactly what they have agreed to, just as I need to protect myself for payment. As a service-based business owner, I don't get paid in full until the work is performed. And that is my commitment. So this contract rightfully and unapologetically protects me too. During this process, I will detail the cost of the project. And at times this actually isn't easy. Sure, I have standing costing models that I can use for like-minded sessions or projects, but I don't sell cookie cutter services. It's not what I do. Every service I offer to every client is catered to their specific needs. So the cost isn't about an hourly rate as such. It's based on the project, its inputs, and any resources developed and provided or that are needed throughout. You see, some of the resources may already be created, but I alter them to cater to the needs of the business in question. My pricing also includes things like unlimited email and phone access throughout our project and sometimes even beyond. In addition, I also include a follow-up session, which, is, which takes place a few weeks or so after the project may end to ensure that anything implemented or resources provided, that they're actually working and they're achieving the desired outcome. And in the event that they aren't, I will alter them to suit. This isn't always easy to cost out. And this part isn't ever included in the costing model because I don't know how much extra time is needed to make those alterations. So I'm not gonna guess. It's part of my service. Once I have the contract back, that's when the real work begins. And it's not necessarily just the face-to-face -face stuff that you see me working. In an attempt to hit the ground running and ensure that every single moment I spend face-to-face -face or over Zoom or however it is with my clients, I ensure that every moment is effective and efficient. And in order for me to do that, I have to do my homework prior to each of these sessions. The homework as such will vary from client to client. It'll even vary from session to session based on what comes up throughout. It can be anything from strategizing plans, thinking ahead on what to implement to ensure the desired outcome is achieved. It could be creating digital resources that I know will address what's needed or reviewing any information that a client has provided me on their circumstances, on their financial information, on loans, uh, anything, the list goes on. So when I sit poised in front of any client, I am ready, 100% ready. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of times that things have come up in these sessions that I wasn't aware of and needed more time to reflect upon. But I make the time and I continue to do so. There have been many times that things have come up that have caused myself and the client add additional sessions to the plan to ensure that we address these correctly. These sessions that I'm talking about, they're not catered for in the original quote. I don't make assumptions like that. So therefore I don't include it. But once again, whilst this is costing me time and money that I haven't necessarily charged for, the work will get done. Why? Because I told you it would because that's part of my process and that's part of the project I quoted you for. And I put my money where my mouth is. In the event 
there is any deviation from the original desired outcomes that have been stipulated in the plan and the contract prior, or any additional projects may come up throughout, of course, I'm going to requote and provide full disclosure of any additional costs that this project or work will require and then give it to the client for them to agree upon prior to commencing that additional work. I don't go and do it without their consent and then charge for it. In addition to all of this, I provide my clients with the most flexible payment options that are designed to meet both our needs. I have been told so many times by so many people that there is so much risk here and that I know that other coaches in my position would never offer these types of flexible payment terms. And whilst I agree to some degree with all of that, I know the clients I'm working with. I respect the clients I'm working with. And I know also that flexibility is in my nature. And sometimes that goes to my detriment. More often than not, it will go to my detriment. But I try to provide the best options for all of my clients. So with all that outlined, you can imagine the frustration when I get clients halfway through a plan wanting to pick and choose elements they want to do now and others they'll leave for later and then assume that it'll only cost X amount of dollars because that part of the plan only comes with a two-hour session. Can I just say that that two-hour session isn't just two hours of my time. It's a culmination of so much more than that. In addition, I have clients telling me that they don't have time potentially for the last session. So they'll deduct that hour or so from what they owe me rather than take a credit because they don't know whether they'll come back to it. And then because I follow up on payment for what I am owed, which is all of it, not just part of it, that follow up apparently is not flexible enough for them. That perhaps we're not a good fit because I'm asking for my money and I haven't given them more time to pay for it. Even though the service has been provided, And this could have been months ago, the resources have been developed, they have them in their hot little hands, they're using them as we speak, and that the follow-up is done. Are you kidding me? Not only have you signed the agreement, but you get all the other stuff that you don't see in this. And maybe, like I said, maybe that's on me. Maybe I need to outline step-by-step what it's going to take for them to, for my clients to really understand what goes into it. But I struggle with that concept because that's not who I am. I'm there to provide a service and I want to quote on that service and I don't want to be this nitty gritty kind of person that says, did you know that I spent three hours replying to your emails over the course of three weeks? And really, that's not who I am. And I just, it's hard for me to, I guess, absorb when certain businesses are doing the same to me, where they're just nitpicking about you know, there was a half an hour extra because you had to leave early through one of our sessions because you had a phone call. I'm happy to credit that phone, that half an hour because you are owed that. You're right. You are owed that. But don't think for one minute you can just deduct a half an hour from my time. Like that doesn't make sense to me based on everything that I've talked about and that goes on behind the scenes. And on top of all of that, there's the fact that I have actually over 20 years experience doing what I do that I actually don't charge for. I don't have a special clause in there that says plus the 20 plus years of my experience and here's a flat fee for that because we don't do that. And again, maybe that's on me, but I'm really passionate about what I do. 
So perhaps my frustration is heightened by such criticism when I know that really the driver of the criticism is generally money related. They want to get out of paying a portion of it. They don't have the funds. They're not ready really to commit to the process they thought they were, but they got halfway through it and just kind of thought this is too hard. And yes, of course, it's going to be hard because anything worth doing is is difficult, but it's worth it. And I'm really passionate about it. And it generally is money related. And I know that that doesn't have anything to do with my performance because hand on my heart and I I say this very confidently and again unapologetically because I give 200% every single time I work with any client. Let me ask you this, if Country Road were to tell you that the garment that you're purchasing for $110 actually physically cost 40 bucks. So let's talk, it's, it's a sweater. The sweater costs 40 bucks to manufacture, but then there's packaging, freight, advertising, there's, oh, oh, profit. And that's what makes up the $110. Would you say to them, you know what, leave it. I'll pick it up from the warehouse. Don't bother putting a tag on it or marketing it or letting anyone else know or spending any other money on it. I'll just pay the 40 bucks, thanks. It doesn't work like that in a product-based business. But yet, we respect it. We pay the $110, no questions asked. We respect it. So why don't we pay the same respects to those providing a service? I implore you, when you are working with a service-based business, to really think about the real costs associated with them bringing that service to you and the respect that they're owed for the time that it takes to do so. I love what I do and I wouldn't change it for anything. Even with moments like I've just described, I have had the pleasure more times than not of meeting amazing business owners who do understand the costs and the input and the effort and appreciate what goes into it. So I guess in essence, especially for me, it weighs itself out. But do we have to go through that? It's sad to think that we do. And like I said, the moment that these emails went back and forth the other week, it was really heavy and it was so unnecessary. And I find myself just flat. And that shouldn't be the case because I provide a great service. And I'll do it again and again and again and again without question. So, yeah, just food for thought when you're dealing with a service-based business. Thank you so much for taking a moment to listen to me in relation to this. I really do appreciate it. Go forth and conquer, my friends. Whatever you're doing today, I hope you make it count. And that's it, guys, for another episode of the boring shit you need to know about business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'll see you next time.